0: Take your Bibles to Daniel chapter one and uh, study with us this morning. I, I think sometimes we get discouraged in life when we study or look or read the news. Uh, have you guys noticed that the news is everywhere today? Uh, if you get on Facebook, there's now a button that you can read the news. If you, if you go to pull up Google or any kind of search engine, that there's a whole news page. Before you know it, you're just sucked into it. It's just Picture an article and picture an article, and you're going down through there, and it's like everybody's fighting against everybody. Everything is a controversy. You know, everybody's at each other's throats, and Biden this, and Trump this, and this person did this, and it's like ah. And after you're done, you're just like frustrated. Like the world's falling apart. Just everything is a mess. Uh, I, 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 I'm interested to um, just see how it affects us because it, our mind should be fixed on God and who He is and what God wants to do. Through us. And the problems in this world should not surprise us. But well, they often do, that things are falling apart and going downhill and things. And the Bible even said these things are going to happen. That's just the way that it's going to go. And sometimes I think we get so worried about what they're doing that we don't stop to ask the question, what are we doing? What are you? Sometimes we get frustrated with like, Who are they when they are so confused about gender, sex, politics, morals, everything else? But then I stop and ask us the question, who do we think we are? Because I think sometimes we lose our identity in the midst of all this. We're not political parties. We're, 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 We're children of God. And I'm not belittling all those things, but I'm telling you my convictions come from the word of God and who I am as a child of God. And not just what's going on in this world around us. It's important for us to understand these things because God's called us to, to, to reach them and to love them. And in the world that is so messed up, the Bible describes, Jesus said that I come to seek and to save that which was what? Lost. Okay, or let's just stop for a minute. What does lost mean? It means they don't know their way. But then we get so upset. Why are they going that direction? It's like, pause. Uh, they're lost. And they don't know their way. Why are you so... Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell them how I feel on this face. I was like, go ahead. They're lost. They don't know their way. Why, why, it, 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 the, Jesus understood this when he came to them. And Jesus said, if they're in darkness, and he gave this illustration of light. He said, I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth in me should not abide in darkness you know what they need? They don't need your opinion. They need Jesus, okay? That's what they need. That's right. They need Jesus. We need Jesus. That's, that's what changes everything. And by the way, Jesus passed that on to us when he said in Matthew 5, 14, you're the light of the world. It's like, well, they need Jesus. Well, guess how Jesus was going to reach them? Jesus reaches them through us. We have a mission. And it breaks, us heart when we, it breaks our hearts when we see about how God described this in 2 Corinthians 4.4 4, when he said, in whom the God of this world, we know who the God of this world, that God is not big G, it's not Elohim God, it's little g, it's false God. It's, it's the enemy that we have of this world of Satan that goes around, that tries to puff himself up as a God, but the God of this world, and it describes him who has blinded the minds blinded the minds of them that believe not. Lest the only hope is, lest the glorious gospel should shine unto them it was the image of Christ. He said the only hope that they have is Jesus Christ. So you gotta think, they're walking through life just like this, just like, and they're running in and messing everything up, and we're just like, what are you doing? And God says, why don't you just step into this world and be like, that doesn't mean that we don't speak out. It doesn't mean that we don't stand for righteousness. It doesn't mean for these things. But what holds us back? You say, Pastor Jordan, we know that, we know that. So what, what holds us back? I think a lot of times it's fear. I, 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 whether it's in a home situation, whether it's in a world situation, whether it's in a job situation, we struggle. We all struggle with fear. I don't know if I have the words to say. I don't know if I'm good enough or my past. If they ask me about my past and I have to tell them the mistakes that I've made and the things that I've done and the places that I've been and all this other stuff, who are you to tell me? And so it's important that we understand that the, the thing that often Satan uses against us is fear. Can I tell you this? That The Bible tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear. God did not give us that spirit of fear. But of love and of power and of sound mind. To understand what's going on and, and, and that fear that grips us. And I'll tell you, let's just put it out there. Fear is terrible and it's powerful. Fear is powerful. You're like, oh, why would you say that? It is. Let, let it grip your heart. And I, I can testify with things that we've been through. Man, fear gets a hold of you. It messes with your mind. It messes with your emotions. <laughs> you, you get fearful and you get pulled back and it, it consumes your life. Why aren't we bold? Because I tell you, we often get consumed with fear. But we are to be the light of the world to make a difference. I, I, I want to... Um, Get into this and, and talk about the, the bravery that God's called us to. And it's not a matter of us being puffed up like I'm all that or I'm all great or nothing like that. But we have to understand that God's called us to. So we're going to do this three-week series on the book and character of Daniel. I, I think so. oftentimes people in the Bible get associated with what God does through them. Okay, So let me tell you, uh, let, let me just point, that, point this out. You guys help me with this. We have the story of David and... And they go hand in hand because that's the story that we like bringing out. We did that last Sunday of bringing out this story of that God did a great thing through David and he worked through Goliath. <clears throat> Let me give you another illustration of that. People that are associated with different things. And this is not the positive one. We got Samson and... Yeah, we don't like that one. A, that's how he was pulled down. But he's known in scripture. How would you like to be known in scripture? Like, Tom is the doubter. You know, like... How do you get associated with that story? Or like, you know, it's just like about the negative or the thing that you did. Samson was a warrior for God and served God as a judge for 20 years. And then he messed up. But he's only known for what he did to mess up. But then we get to Daniel. And we know him as Daniel and the, the lion's den. Lion's because that inspires us. Do you know why we teach our kids at a young age and we'll we'll draw out the stories and, and, and we'll do it in classes and things like that. We'll just like, let me tell you about a man named Daniel. We get so amped up about it. Oh, Okay, there was this lion's den and he had to pray and he was praying three times a day and they said, if you don't quit praying, then we're going to throw you in there. But Daniel stood strong and God made him brave and he walked into that knowing that God was going to protect him and we get caught up in the story aspect of it because it inspires us. I don't Face lions den. I mean, maybe one day things will get that bad or whatever. But I'm just saying, for for us, it's it's not a lion's den that we fear. But there are things that we fear in life that holds us back. It's and, and, and the devil is out to devour us by for sure. But I'm, I'm telling you, fear gets into our minds and it holds us back from being the parent and standing up and like, well, that's what every other kid does, and we need to stand up and say, well, you're not every other kid. We're children of God. and We act different. That takes bravery to get to a job, and, and as they're changing the way that they do things, and they try to have you adapt to that, it takes bravery to stand up and say, I don't care what you do, I'm not doing that. Sports or whatever it is, we've got to live differently. So this story of Daniel gives us a lot, and the word bravery, or brave, means having or showing mental or moral strength to face danger, fear, and difficulty. It means that I'm not going to back down for that. I'm, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to keep going forward when this world gets scary. And let me tell you, this is just the beginning, guys. This is just the beginning. You're, you're, if you're waiting for rainbows and sunshine to come into this world when it comes to morality, you're going to be holding on for a long time because that's just not the case. And if you know prophecy, the Bible says that things are going to grow worse and worse because, let, let me explain this, and I'm, I'm jumping ahead again to this. The further we get away from God, and there's two sides of this. There's this pull that we have in this world, and you've seen me illustrate this in different ways as we've done this before. But the further we get away from God, the more we fall apart. God is the sustainer of everything. Everything that we have, it's all about God. God is the sustainer of everything, and so the world's falling apart is because the world's getting away from God. So let me give you an overview of this, because sometimes we have bravery thinking that bravery is a mindset, well, if I get in that situation, I'll just stand to be brave. Well, then you'll fall apart because bravery is not a feeling. It's not a feeling. Trust me. If any of you have done anything crazy like bungee jumping or skydiving, let's just hear, okay, like, so. some of you have done that. It's like, you look down and you're like, yeah, I can do that. Until you get up there and you're like, why did I do this? You know, it's like something, the reality kicks in and like, why am I doing this? The emotions and things. But you've got to understand that bravery, that strength that you need to be able to face opposition does not come from you. It's not a feeling, it's not an emotion, it's not a decision. So let me break it down. I'm going to give you all three weeks of what, what I'm preaching on right now. Okay, here you go. Number one, bravery comes from faith. Bravery comes from faith. And faith is more than just a knowledge of God. By the, the Bible tells us that the just shall live by faith. If you go into Hebrews 11 and you find all these stories about Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Moses, Elijah, all these other ones, Gideon and everybody else that we study about in there. The Bible says, by faith, Noah moved and did what God called him to do. Faith is an action. It's more than just a knowledge of something. I think that I have my faith, but faith is an action that caused me to do things. It drives us, okay? Number two, faith comes from conviction. Conviction is a strong belief. Conviction is being fully convinced in your heart. That's why when we talk about salvation, salvation is conviction of God. And the Bible says, for with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. It's right here. Conviction is no matter what the world does, I'm convinced in my heart. I've been changed in my heart. It's a fixed, solid, firm belief, I, don't, I, I guarantee you, with most of you, if not all of you, I could never convince you that Jesus Christ was not the Son of God. I, I, I couldn't convince you that Jesus. there's only one way into heaven. It's Jesus Christ. You say, how is that? Because you're Christians. You've been convincing your heart of what is right. It is a fixed belief. Where does that feeling come from? The Bible says, and the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints of tomorrow. And is a discerner. It's a judge. It convicts. The thoughts and the intents of the heart. There's only one thing that brings conviction. It's, it's God breathing to your heart. That's it. it. It's not just where you grew up. It's not the church that you were in and out of. It's not the feelings and emotions. It's not baptism. It's not all these things. The word of God is Powerful. And it speaks to the inner man to convict me that I need to be saved. But it is what changes my life every single day of knowing what is right and wrong of what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do. Let me give you an illustration. In the same story of Daniel, it's also that we read about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. One day they brought out before them and they did this on purpose. They were going to separate the men from the boys when it came to their false gods. They built up a statue in front of them. And then they said, when we play the music, you're all going to bow down. You're going to bow down or else you're going to be thrown into the fire furnace. Opposition. Were they brave? Well, let me tell you, when they heard the music, none of them bowed down. You say, why is that? They were convinced in their heart, that is not my God and I will not bow. That is not my God and I cannot, I will not bow. See, it, it's the, the, the standing was the faith, It's the, the action of not bowing, because it would have been like, oh, look at a quarter. You know, it's like, that's how we are a lot of times in, in our faith, is like we try to blend in or whatever. But it was a matter of in their heart was screaming to their head, you cannot bow your knees, that is not our God, and that is a false God, and we serve the one true God. It's where conviction is. A lot of the problems that we have today is the fact that we're lacking conviction. We don't have convictions. I'm, I'm going I'm to break off this relationship because of the fact is it goes against my convictions. I know in my heart that this is not right. I, I'm not going to go to that certain movie. I'm not going to say those certain words. I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Why? Because you go to church? No, because I believe in God. It's a conviction. It is a conviction from the heart. And it changes us. Where does convictions come from? Convictions come from your walk with God. It's not just convictions come from God, and they do, but they build with your walk with God. I I, I think we we often want a fix from God. It's like going to the doctor. I'm not doing good. You need to help me get better. I need to do better. Whatever. It's like give me a pill, and he says, "You need to change your diet." It's a walk that's going to make you stronger. Sometimes we run in the church. I need somebody to pray with me. And don't get me wrong. Oh, that's great. That's great. But I'm telling you, it's not just a shot that you need in the arm of Jesus. You need a walk with Jesus. Amen. You say, what does that mean? Daniel prayed three times a day. Sometimes we make it all about Daniel in the lion's den. Maybe we should be make, make it more about Daniel that walked and prayed with God three times a day. Because honestly, the Daniel and the lion's in part would have never came if he didn't have a walk with God. Because that's where that, it wasn't just the relationship that he had with God. It was the strong relationship he had with God. Because he prayed consistently with his walk with God. And the Bible tells us, but grow in grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Jesus. Grow in grace. You know what that is? It's a slow process, but you get stronger and stronger over time. When Daniel was thrown into the lion's den in Daniel 6.16 that the king, and I know I'm jumping around in the story, and like, you just gave away the ending. You guys know the ending. <laughs> Daniel was thrown in the lions, and the king reaches over the edge, and he yells down to him, and this is what he said about Daniel. He said, uh, he said the king commanded, brought Daniel and cast him in the lion's den, and the king spake and said it to Daniel, thy God, whom thou servest continually. Do you get it? It wasn't just, I went to church once in a while. It wasn't just, I prayed before meals. He said, Daniel, I know you. You constantly walk with God. And I know that that God that is with you will protect you. Let me tell you, if you want convictions, it comes from a consistent walk with God. Not a quick fix on Sunday. Say, what does that look like? What does that mean? That's what we're going to be unpacking as we get through this. Bravery comes from faith. Faith comes from conviction. Conviction comes from your walk with God, and your walk with God starts with your identity in Christ. Do you you know why I'm here today? Do you know why I pray? Do you know why I read? Because I know him. I know him. If I was to invite you guys to say, hey, come come see my aunt so-and-so or whatever, a lot of you would be like, why, I don't know, who's your aunt? Like, why are we going? Like, she's five hours away. we got to drive. It would just be an obligation because you don't know her. And I think that's the way a lot of times it is for going to church and reading your Bible. It's, you're drug into it. It's just like, so why, how many chapters do I have to read? Or how long do we have to pray? It's an obligation because you don't know him. This story actually all talks about this. It's, it's understanding that I'm a child of God. And I, I run to my father and I walk with God on a daily basis because he's my dad. I'm, I'm his child. That's, right. That's why I do what I do. That's right. And until you understand to be born again, to have that connection to the father, then everything else is going to be an obligation for anybody that has this. And I'm just shooting you straight with this. If you constantly have to be drugged to church, something's wrong with your heart. Something is wrong on the inside. And I tell you this now, because so many people are playing games with God and they don't have their heart right with God. You cannot have the Spirit of God that literally raised Jesus from the dead and the Bible says now lives in you. And if it lives in you, your wife shouldn't have to drag you to church every single Sunday. And I say this to every teenager that's here and every young people that's here. If it's a matter of I do the right thing when I'm in front of my parents and I don't do the right thing and I say whatever, I want to do whatever, I look at whatever, that is a heart issue, not just an obedience issue. Check your heart because it's with the heart man believes unto righteousness. Salvation is a change of heart. You say, why are you saying all this? Because this is where it all starts. Bravery starts with your identity in Christ. And Daniel chapter 1 was all about their identity in Christ. It was all about that. So, so let me show you. You said, like, man, you just got, you, you're preaching on Daniel and you want to break into some other new series. or whatever. No, this, this, it's, it's all about our identity in Christ. And I ask you the first question, do you know your God? Where is your identity? Because a lot of times when when we don't know who we are, and let me just break this down as we get, if this is where my identity is and I know God because I find my identity, the further I get away from God, the further I get away from who I am. Because my identity is found in God. And so this is the whole story of Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was this. And it's the same story that's here in our world today. They're constantly trying to pull us out of a relationship with God. Because um, if my identity is found in Christ and I'm not walking with God or I'm not standing with God, then I'm confused about who I am. Because without God, how am I to know who I am? Your, Your identity starts with God. And let me just say this. When I talk about identity, it starts with salvation. And I'll say this again because I'm going to reiterate this. And I'm going to close with the same thought. But it's going to look differently. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to close with the same thought. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made into salvation. Salvation, and I'm talking about literally being birth or knowing God in that salvation point. It starts right here. And it's not just a head knowledge. It's a heart knowledge. And there is a difference. I can fill your mind with an education, and you can tell me the story of Daniel, you can tell me the story of Elijah, and all that other stuff. And I think sometimes people go through life of feeling good because they know so much about God, and that's not the same thing as the heart. Knowledge is not the same thing as a relationship with God. And I think this is important because the Bible explains to us that when Jesus was talking to them and said, in Matthew chapter seven, he said, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? in thy thy name cast out devils did we not go to awana did we not go to vacation bible school and god did we not help with the ministries of the church and dear lord i was a greeter and i helped with easter and i gave in the offering all the time do you guys get the point have i not done all this stuff have i not prophesied spoken your name did i not wear the church t-shirt all the time Did did I not give and did I not attend? Did I not do all these things? And the Bible says, and depart, and I will profess to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Do you know the whole point of that passage was there's so many people that talk about what they do and what they know, and it's not about a relationship with God. And it's evident in our life because your heart will draw you back to God because you love him. I love him because he first loved me. It's a relationship with God. I think this has to be preached more and more because the de- Satan, our enemy, is a deceiver and a liar. Amen. And he's doing such a good job to trick people in this day and age. But what happens is a lot of times we associate God with, with going to church or going to youth group or going to teen camp and stuff. And it's not in our hearts. Or, or, or I was raised in church and then we go off to college and we're like, I'm going to do whatever I want. Because it wasn't about a relationship with God. It was about a, an experience that you had. It's got to go deeper. It starts with being born into the family of God through salvation. So let me show you. This is how it starts with this story in Daniel. Daniel chapter 1, verse 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. This happened about 605 B.C. It was a pagan nation that lived about 500 miles away. They traveled all the way in there. They, they broke into there. They, they took them over. And you say, how is that possible? Because in a sense, God let it happen, okay? And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he had carried into the land of Shinar and the house of his God and, out of, out of, and brought the vessels into the treasury of his God, uh, the house of his God. You say, how is this possible? Because the thing is, we are nothing without God. We're nothing without God. So to think that you can handle life without God, and this is why it's so important that we, uh, as a nation, we, we, we make sure that the protection that we have on our nation is because of God's hand being upon our nation. And the more that we reject God, the more we don't have the protection on our land and the, on, our, on our families and on our churches or whatever. It's not you. It's all God. It's always been God. The hand of God rests upon me. And when a nation back then or a nation now begins to worship false gods and reject the true God, then the hand of God is released and then things fall apart. It's like, where are you, God? And God's like, I'm right here. You're the one pushing me away. That's right. That's right. It's happening in America. It's happening in churches. It's happening at homes. It's, we are nothing without God. That's what's happened in this story right here. They came in, took the, the things of the house of God and drug it into their false worship. And then the king of Ashpenaz, the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princess. And the children of whom had no blemish, were well favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding science, and such had the ability to stand in the, in the king's palace, of whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the. Uh, of the enemy, of the Chaldeans. How did this happen here? They were being indoctrinated by the enemy. Now, I know you guys are going to unfold this as I'm talking through this because a lot of you are going to start saying, wait a minute, there's a lot of similarities here. There's a lot of similarities here. Because what they were doing is they were dragging them away from what they knew about God, and they were dragging them to the world to transition them to, to change their mind and their thinking to be more like the world. And so when they got them, they're going to change the way they think by the way that they teach them, the way that they talk, the way that they look, and the way that they even name themselves. For Daniel, it was not about the place he grew up. His identity started with God. And I, I think this is important for us to understand. If, uh, how many of you guys know what Ancestry.com is? You know what I'm talking about? And it's such a big thing because everybody wants to know where their roots are. Where did I come from? I want to know my people. Because if I know my people, then I'm going to understand. You know, when you go to the doctor, they'll ask you, do you have any cancer in your family history? Why is that? Because to know who I am means I need to understand where I came from. It's, I, I, the mystery is solved why I'm bald. I just look at my family history. Okay, they all were bald. They're like, it was passed on as genetics. You know, it was like, It's passed on to me. If you want to know who you are, you need to know where you came from. That's right. You need to know where you came from. Here's the thing. For us to get this answer on life, know that you belong to God. This is the foundation of everything. I'm going to start with some history because there's another story of exile in the Bible that I think is important for us to understand. We know this story of exile where they they go into the children of God and drag them into this exile of trying to pull them away from the God that they worship. But there's another story that's the flip side of this. Well, kind of the flip side of this. And that is Moses with the children of Israel. The children of Israel were in bondage. They were in Egypt. They were made to be slaves. They would, every single day, that's all they knew. They they didn't worship God. They they didn't have their identity in God. They weren't considered to be the children of God by any means whatsoever. They were just slaves. Every day they woke up and they would build these statues and they would build these, these places for the false gods. That's what they did every single day of their life. That's not who they were, though. They were in exile. And God comes to Moses and he said, I want... To set my people free. And he said, I want you to go to my people. And you know the first thing that God does when he's talking about setting his people free? He talks to Moses and he says, Come now, therefore, I will send thee unto Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses replies and says, what shall I say? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. I am your God. I am your creator. I I am your author. I am your strength. I'm your protector. I'm your everything. But see, when we're pulled away from our identity with God, we feel lost in this world. We're just considered slaves, and the world will put all sorts of labels on you. You're just slave. You're just an alcoholic. You're just a loser. You're just washed up. You're just divorced. You're all these different things. That's what the world does. He tries to change our minds, and he does that the more we're pulled away from our identity with God. And man, do we see this today. Constantly see this Today. And after Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, let my people go. Our identity goes with knowing where we belong. Our belonging is with God. That's the whole thing he was doing. He was bringing them back. He was restoring them from what they were lost from. This is why the opening statement to them was, let my people go. In order to eliminate the confusion, we have to understand whose we are. We have to understand who we are in Christ, because our identity is found in Christ. The Bible says in Genesis one twenty six, and God said, "Let us make man in our image, after our likeness." So, if you're going to understand I belong to God. This is where I, my belonging is. This is I'm 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 part of this family but also I get my identity in Christ. It's kind of like this. If any of you have ever opened up a puzzle, what is one of the first things that you do to know what the puzzle looks like? You look at the box. Actually, what a lot of people do is they'll set out the box in front of them and then they pick up every piece and they're like, oh, okay. Oh, I bet you this is the water or I bet you this is the castle or whatever you're doing. What would you do If you were to take away the box cover and just said, put the puzzle together, maybe some of you are weirdos that you do that, okay? But that's not the normal way of doing it. I need to know what image that I'm creating this in. That's exactly what we get from God. The Bible says at the very beginning that we were created in the image of God. If I want to know who I am, I need to know who God is because I was created in his image. And I talked about that a lot of that last week. We're made in the image of God. Without that, It's like putting a puzzle together, putting your life together, without knowing what it's supposed to look like. I used this illustration years ago, but I'm going to do it again. How many of you guys know what this is? Yell it out. What is this? Hammer Hammer is identity. It is a hammer. If I say this is a hammer, everybody's in their minds going to go, I know what that is, and I know what it does. But let's pretend you don't. Okay. Because in our world in, in, that we live in, we, we, we know what this is. But if I was to pull it out and just say, what does this do? People would come up, if they were from a foreign country, they didn't have something like this, or a child that grew up and they didn't know what it was, they would try to invent what this was. They would, they would, they would play with it and say, I don't, I don't, this is weird, okay? It's weird. They would label it as weird. I, I can't get it to text. I can't get it to open an email. I can't, I can't get it to cook food. I can't get it to hold up anything. It doesn't stand out by itself. It's just, it would just be labeled as weird. It'd be labeled almost as useless. Because the fact is, it has no purpose to it. It doesn't do anything. Somebody came out, what you got there? I don't know. I, I just, it doesn't really do anything. Unless the, the master had it. And the master would say, every bit... Of this has purpose. And every bit of it has design. And every bit of it's intentional. And th- the top part of this, just so you know, it's it's got a head on it that drive nails that actually is created to build houses, could build a church, could it could build a play set for your kids. The backside of it's curved because it's meant to take out nails. It's got this part where it would catch the head of the nails. It's, it, it, it's made to have a certain balance to it that it would swing and, and hit in the right way. And the bottom part of it is actually different than the top part because it helps it to where it absorbs the, the shock as you're doing that, so it doesn't vibrate your hands. You have purpose. But if you don't know the master that created you, then you feel worthless. The world that we live in today... Feels like they're useless. I don't make sense. So they put labels on everything. We get so upset. and Guys, I'm not here to argue this, whatever. This is not my point today. But we get so worked up about the LGBTQ, all this other stuff. You know what all that is, is them trying to find identity. That's what it is. It's just like, who am I? and What is my purpose? And what do I do? And I think Christians get so worked up about it. Like they're lost and they're trying to figure out who they are. Because the world will label them as like, you have no purpose, and you're weird, and you're odd, and this you you don't do anything, whatever. But I'll tell you, everything would change when you realize that you were created in the image of God. You have purpose, and you have design, and that's why the Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. God changes all of this. Your identity is found in God. It says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. But you don't know that unless you start with the first part. Well, what is the first part of that verse? I will praise you. Do you get that? I will praise you. I will praise you because you're the one that helps me to know that I am fearfully and wonderfully made by God. We start By asking the question, do you know your God? Number two, do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? Because knowing who he is helps me to discover and know who I am. Now watch this in this story. This is so important for us to understand. This is so vital in this story. Something happens at the beginning of Daniel chapter 1 that kind of sets the stage for everything that's about to happen. Listen to this. And the king appointed them daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank... So nourish it, or it means to train them three years. And at the end there, they might be standing before the king. Now, among them were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And you're going to say, Pastor Tony, I don't don't know what you're reading there, but let let me explain to you their names were Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You guys know what I'm talking about? We grew up with that, but not right here, because the enemy changed who they were or tried to. These guys are known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There's so much to learn here because the further we get away, the enemy will try to change the way you view life, your purpose, your direction, everything around you. And they're they're constantly trying to change your label. Trying to, as people are reaching out for identity, they try to put labels on us. And so what we learn through this is God has called us to be thermostats, not thermometers. Do you guys know what the difference is? A thermostat sets the temperature of the room. A thermometer adapts to the temperature of the room. And so Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as they're brought into this pagan culture, what what you have to understand is they were bringing God with them in everything that they were doing. There's a change that happens here, and this is where conviction comes in. It doesn't matter what label you put me on, on the inside, I serve the Almighty God, and that's who I am. And so the, the names matter of what they were given them. And, and it says in verse 7 And unto them the prince of the eunuchs gave names for them. Unto Daniel, Belshazzar. And to Hananiah, Shadrach. And to Mishael, Meshach. And to Azariah, Abednego. You say, What's the big deal? Who cares? You know why? Because you know what Daniel's name was that he received from God? This is Daniel's name. Daniel's name means God is my judge. Oh, yeah. Do you know what label they tried to put on Daniel? Belshazzar. Baal, will I worship and follow? Do you know what they were doing? Relabeling what they do according to where they were at. They did this all the way through. The labels affect our thinking. And I ask you the question, how has the world tried to pull us away from God? How has the world tried to do this? How is the world influencing and changing our thinking? Because there's pressures all around us. And that's why the Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And by the way, this is why it is such a detrimental issue today of why so many people have depression and anxiety. Let let me go back to this illustration. If I don't know who God is, then I don't know who I I am. If I don't know who I am, I don't know my purpose. If I don't know my purpose and I don't know what I do, then I try to figure it out. Do you know what that brings in people's lives? Anxiety, depression, and suicidal thoughts. Because you tell me right now, that has no purpose and all of a, all of a sudden in our thinking, it's like, it doesn't matter if I'm dead or alive. Who cares? I have no reason to be here. He affects our thinking. You guys know this is so much more than bravery that we're talking about. This is explaining the mission of what we are here for. Let me go back to Psalm 139, verse 14. I will praise thee. You know what that is? Praise is coming from the inner part of man. I'm going to praise you with my lips. Worship of God comes from the inside out. When you worship with God, you'll identify, when when this whole passage is talking about of letting the inside out, of knowing who you are in God, I'm going to worship you because I know who I am. I am fearfully and wonderfully made, which literally means that there's not one part of me that's a mistake. There's not one part of me that's an accident. And that's why if you think that you have to change Your gender, and I'm not saying that to be mean, but I'm talking about the confusion in this world. It means to stand back and say that God, you made a mistake when you made me. I have to, I have to take it into my hands and fix who I am because you messed up when you made me. God makes no mistakes. God doesn't mess up. God never drops the ball. We get so frustrated. Till we bring people back over here. And they begin to realize who they are and that they have purpose. And then that response is, I'm going to praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Listen to this. Marvelous are thy works in that my soul knoweth right well. The inner part of me, the psyche of me, through his word, through every song, everything, it speaks to my heart to know I know who I am. My soul knoweth right well. I, I have this surety in my heart and my mind because I know what God's done in my life. You say, why does this matter? Knowing who you are in Christ will change what you do. Because Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was like, "Oh, you want to drag me in here? Well, guess what? This is written in my heart. It doesn't matter where I go." And if, we, if we can understand that I'm a child of God and I worship God, not because my parents brought me up this way or because I was in the church or I grew up Baptist and tradition and all this. Other, no, because I know him. And it doesn't matter where I go. If I go to college, if I get invited to a party, if I'm playing sports, if I'm on a traveling team or whatever, I take God with me, whatever, because it's not a place that I attend. Praise God for church, but it's not, it's not just someplace that I go on Sundays. It's who I am. So Daniel, as he's brought before the king or before before anybody, it was, it's who he is. So it didn't matter what they say. Listen listen to this. You guys ready for this? Verse eight. But Daniel, because he was brought up in traditions of his church and his parents drug him to church every Sunday. No. Daniel purposed in his heart he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat nor the wine that he drank therefore he requested the, the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself so daniel as everything came into his life he says sir i'm sorry i cannot do that i can't why i'm a child of god i'm a child of god I am not surprised that the world is so tore apart with identity today because that's what Satan does. My identity is found in God, my belonging, my acceptance, my purpose, all of this. And we have to understand that this is how it started. Is the world tries to change who they are and put new labels on them. It didn't matter because Daniel purposed in his heart. So much more comes out of this because watch what happens after verse eight. Watch what God does Is a spiritual character begins because your identity is where our walk with God comes from and our walk from God brings our convictions. Can we go into that next week? Can, can we study that to see how God was working in their life and instead of breaking them down, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were being built up. We don't have to die In this world, we can thrive in this world. Churches do not have to die out. We can thrive in this. You know why? Because we have God, and God changes everything.